Hello, and welcome back to Deviant Little Darlings. I'm Katie. And I'm Olivia. And if you love hearing stories about all things taboo, scandalous, and out of this world, you are in the right place. Well, welcome to episode 29. Sounds really old. It's kind of like the late 20s where you're like, (laughs) (laughs) you're like getting really into adulthood but you're mm-hmm. still still trying to be young and fun. That's kind of how we are with this. That's with exactly these how we are. <laughs> We're like, huh? What can we do to to stay young, stay relevant? Yeah, exactly. Gosh. Well, hopefully our stories are relevant this week. They're up to date. Actually, I think I looked at the tracker. Yours is old, right? <laughs> Mine is like extremely old, so it's not at all relevant. But I thought it was interesting. <laughs> it's probably gonna be really good. Mine. Mm. Mine is like an attempt at being relevant, but it has failed. It's like not relevant. <laughs> well, that's okay. We're, I'm ready for it. I just ate uh, like six gummy vitamins when the Ooh. serving size is two. So I'm clearly like really ready to go. I did that yesterday, actually. I ate four when the serving size was two. They're just but so yummy. Have you seen, there's been like TikToks of people like eating gummies, like watching TV. And then they look down and they realize it's like the melatonin <gasps> gummy. And they're like, oh, my God, I don't think I'm going to wake up. <laughs> I haven't seen that, but that's really funny. <laughs> it's, I don't know if they're all real because I've seen like five of them now. It might just be a joke, but oh, I think it's so funny. But that's comedy right there. <laughs> <laughs> that is quality comedy. Oh, we love. We do. Okay. So I guess we're just going to hop straight into our stories. Um, Please. So like I said, I attempted to be relevant, but I might be a little bit early. So oh. even though next week's episode is going to be released on Black Friday, I really wanted to cover those stories this week because, oh. yeah, because like Black Friday comes earlier and earlier every year. So truth, I feel like this is fitting. And also I couldn't think of anything else because I'm already like and in that spirit. <laughs> also, like I'm pretty sure because it's such a crazy year like all the stores are like doing black friday already yeah you know? no i like because everything's online and usually it's cyber monday but mm-hmm. why wait if you know what's going to come to the stores right. anyways so yeah um instead of doing like one big story i just want to talk about like some of the craziest black friday like crimes and circumstances over the years oh good this um, is good yeah i think it'll be it'll be fun it'll also be sad like i I end on quite a low note, so hopefully, good thing you're going after me, so that's not going to be the end of the podcast. Good. Um, Okay, so we've all seen the videos of swarms of people totally bombarding those like automatic sliding doors at Walmart at four in the morning. It's always Walmart, by the way. It's always Walmart. It's always Walmart. Um, And then there's just people fighting over like flat screens and toasters and video games. Um, But if these scenes weren't already crazy enough, we hear year after year of like the worst Black Friday shopping sprees gone wrong. And like we said, I don't know how this is going to turn out this year because I know California where you are and Washington where I am, we're both like locked down again through December. So Mm -hmm. doors are at 25% capacity. And I already know that anyone who is doing like in-person Black Friday, the lines are going to be insane because people are just always going to be really without a doubt yeah and they're going to be willing to risk their lives in giant lines to get like a sliver of joy from bargain hunting even (laughs) like just side note even the other day um before we went on the the stricter lockdown like everything was still open normal 
I went to the mall for like one quick errand and I had to wait in line to get into a store in the mall for 45 minutes because they only stop it no they only let seven people in the store at a time and that was uh, like not you know from the mandate it was just like the store had decided to do that so if they have 25 percent capacity for all stores can you imagine it's gonna be a the, disaster it's gonna be so bad and you know people are still gonna go even though they're not supposed to oh for sure uh, so it's just going to be a nightmare. So maybe this will be like a cautionary tale and maybe more people will stay home. That's why I did it early. Yeah. Okay. Genius. Genius. <laughs> um, okay. So before I get into the stories, let me just start by saying that there's a website called blackfridaydeathcount.com. Oh God. And this website calculates the deaths and injuries reported from Black Friday shopping. And it's a little out of date. So it's from 2010 to 2018. Um, but they've range like within that range, they've reported 12 deaths and 117 injuries. Oh God. Not great. That's not great at all. (laughs) No. And so doing some like quick math, that's not hundred percent accurate. It's like an almost average of two deaths per year. It's a little bit less, but let's just say it's about two. So if we roughly calculate like up until 2020, that would probably be about like 16 reported deaths since 2010. Um, and that's not including any like COVID related deaths or injuries that could be a result of this year's shopping. Um, and like these numbers don't seem that crazy, like 16 to 12 deaths over 10 years, but I don't know, like the deaths are all avoidable and they're caused by (laughs) literally shopping. So just, just that like alone makes them particularly bad. Oh, of course there's heinous (laughs) yes these are heinous crimes um okay so just some background on black friday because a lot of this i actually didn't know so black friday was first noted as a phrase way back on september 24th in 1869 oh when the american financial market crashed after two wall street finance financiers i don't know how to pronounce that word very well (laughs) Um, Jay Gold and Jim Fisk had a scheme where they tried to inflate the price of gold by buying as much as they could and then selling it at an inflated, like astronomical price. Hmm. So their plans were revealed on that Friday. So again, this is September. It has nothing to do with Thanksgiving. It's not November. It's totally unrelated. Um, Mm -hmm. but when, on that Friday, when everyone kind of found out what they were doing, the U S gold market and stock market ended up crashing in like a downward spiral and everyone called it black Friday. Hmm. So that was like the first time it's kind of reported being used. Then now we kind of get into a, um, a theory. I feel like this isn't actually backed up by anything, but some people say <laughs> that Black Friday was also a term used for the day after Thanksgiving, which is fitting. Um, and they claimed that it was used on Southern plantations in the 1800s because slave auctioners would offer discounted rates uh, at the slave trades the day after Thanksgiving. Oh. So I've personally never heard this one before doing any mm-hmm. of this research. And like I said, like even though it was reported as like people saying this could be an origin, there was not really like evidence of it happening. Yeah, was it like a like a theory? It, yeah, like maybe people said it, but it wasn't like the origin. Um, sure, but that's like around the same time as the Wall Street crash, like eighteen hundred. So maybe, maybe they were related. I don't know. Hmm. 
the next this is like the official originated or documented original use of the term um was in philadelphia the day after thanksgiving on 1961 so a police officer used the term black friday to describe the hordes of people coming to the cities from the suburbs to shop for christmas gifts the friday after thanksgiving So all of the shoppers um, got to the stores really early that day because there was an Army-Navy football game kicking off that afternoon. (laughs) And no one wanted to miss the game, but like Thanksgiving was over. They wanted to start the Christmas season. And the streets were completely covered with pedestrians and drivers. So that's where the police officers described the day as Black Friday. Like, because everyone was wearing, it's in the 60s, like the black coats, like the black Mm -hmm. cars, just everything. They completely like washed out the city. Um, And this term was like pretty exclusively used in Philadelphia um, and it started to become a bit of a tradition just there. So they started having employees work extra long shifts and open the stores early to accommodate that early morning rush. Eventually, this concept caught on to the rest of the country and the meaning of Black Friday changed once again. So now that people are getting this idea of like shopping the day after Thanksgiving, people are adopting it everywhere and they're having these huge sales. And this is where we get the most common meaning of the name, um, which references the big retailers' financial documents throughout the year. So American retailers often do not make a profit at all throughout the year with their financial statements are like, quote unquote, in the red um, up until the biggest shopping day of the year. So with the huge discounts and like all the people flocking to the stores, American retailers are finally able to turn a profit and their financials go from in the red to in the black, which is like, you know, they're positive. So Black Friday is pretty essential for these businesses to turn a profit and stay in business, which is why it makes sense that they now are like constantly extending the duration of the sale because it's like (laughs) the more sales that they get from Black Friday, the more profit they make that year. And without those sales, they literally do not make any profit. So (laughs) I feel like that's really stressful too because November is like the end of the year. So if you're like, in negative. I do think though, like when I worked retail, our fiscal year didn't end in December. It ended in like February oh, or something. Yeah, you're totally right. I forgot about that. Which is weird. Doesn't make sense. <laughs> <laughs> um okay, so yeah, so now Black Friday, as we know, has transformed to an entire weekend event. So it starts Thursday is Thanksgiving, Friday is Black Friday. Then over the weekend we have small business Saturday and Sunday where people are encouraged to shop at, you know, less name brand places, more local, things like that. And then the Monday is Cyber Monday for online retailer sales. So I feel like Black Friday this year is going to be all Cyber Monday. It's going to be like... For sure. It's going to just be like Cyber November month. I don't... I'm I'm wondering if stores are even going to like... Like I know... I just was at the, I tried to go to the mall last night to buy something. It was like 6 p.m. and everything was closed. Yeah. And it's like weird because it's November and usually they'd be open until like 10 p.m. Um, totally. So I'm wondering if like they're even going to, I'm sure they're going to try to have like reduced hours on Black Friday. I'm like, they have to. Maybe they'll still do like the things where they open early, but maybe they'll just close really early too. Because mm. I think Perhaps. sometimes they do that. Like I've gone shopping one time on Black Friday years ago and i went at like a normal hour it was like 3 p.m and places were closing because they're like oh yeah we like did our day we've been open since 2 a.m god yeah Yeah. that's crazy that's 
gross <laughs> i know speaking of gross so here are some of the craziest stories i found listed online and i broke them up into just two themes and i only have about five little anecdote stories um trust me there are a lot more like <laughs> they just never ended so these are just the ones that stuck to me okay so the first theme is people trampling people oh man the classic class- <laughs> yeah a classic Okay, so in 2013, an 11-year-old little girl was trampled at an Ohio Walmart as shoppers stormed the store entrance. And there are photos of the crowd, so you can just see this, like, sea of hundreds of people, and they're all carrying these giant brown boxes. It looks like they must be, like, electronics or some kind of big-ticket item, Um, but it made it almost impossible for people to see over the boxes that they were carrying, and they were rushing and, like, getting pushed around. Um, and so this little girl, she was only 11, she was knocked down and no one noticed for a really long time until the police finally arrived. Um, and when they got there, they had to rush her to the hospital because she had very severe injuries. But luckily, she did survive in this circumstance. I just don't get how people don't realize they're like stepping on a person. I know. Because if you, I mean, okay, think about like when you're in a big crowd, you're like like a concert, you know, you're standing in the general admission i feel like even anytime i step on like a piece of gum or like a bottle cap i notice because it's like ew, what was that even though there's all these people around so an entire human i just yeah i think people just first okay yeah they didn't see over the boxes but they had to at least someone had to notice like wouldn't you start like tripping i don't know yeah Okay, next one is a man named Walter Vance. He was a 61-year-old pharmacist. Um, I'm not sure if he was working at Target or if he was visiting Target, but he was at a Target in Black Friday shopping, like on Black Friday night, and um, he had really bad heart conditions. So as the crowd started coming into the store, he got overwhelmed and was knocked over onto the floor, Um, and they left him there. But this time, shoppers did notice Walter, and they after a couple people stepped on him so people Uh-oh. started avoiding him like walking around him but they still didn't do anything to help the older man um they just walked around him and he ended up suffering from heart failure because of his condition Aww. he was later taken to the hospital and he passed unfortunately so that's very disappointing very disappointing yeah because the first one it's like okay no one saw no one noticed maybe you can give people the benefit of the doubt even though it's terrible but this time people like saw him looked down and just kept going god people i know this whole story is just like you know the problems with humanity so it's probably gonna be a little depressing even though it's supposed to be you know a lighter one (laughs) oh it's okay that's all right none of our lighter stories are ever lighter no how light can they get okay so this next one this is the last uh trampede one i have Oh, is that how you say it? Tramp- trample? Tramp- Stampede. There we go. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. So in 2008, uh, Walmart, again, in Long Island was overrun by 2,000 people. So the giant crowd actually broke down and overwhelmed the store's entrance five minutes before the store officially opened. So the store never actually got to open. They were all waiting out line or outside. The employees were inside getting ready to, you know, unlock the doors. They only had five minutes left. But the mob started acting with this like riot mentality and they broke in while chanting, push the doors in. They kicked down. What is down- wrong with people? I, I don't know. Like people. And again, this is just 
for Walmart. Like, like exercise some patience, people. Yes, it's Walmart. So they kicked down the doors, they knocked them off the hinges, and then shattered them in the streets. Okay, so that's like a very long process to do all of that. Yeah, they were just, they were looking they were for just trouble. destructive, yeah. And then um, they flooded inside the store and like oh, went over capacity. So the Walmart employees tried to slow this stream of overzealous shoppers because there was like a nonstop stampede of 2,000 people. And these Walmart employees created a human chain by like linking their arms together at the entrance to try to blockade the entrance. <sighs> Um, but the shoppers did not let them slow them down and they hurled themselves at the employees, kind of like the Road Rover, Red Rover sent someone oh right over. <laughs> they literally started doing this like deadly game of Red Rover and started flinging themselves at the human shield of employees. Oh my God. Until um, one of the temporary employees, it was a 39 year old man, um, got knocked down and was starting to get trampled over. So the other employees tried to help the fallen man, but then they were also knocked down by the crowd and trampled. Finally, the police and medics arrived to try to shut down the store to save the workers, but they were knocked down and trampled too. Because there's just all of these people trying to get into Walmart and they don't care who's in the way. Like nothing's going to stop them. The store not being open, the employees not letting them in, the police, the ambulances, they... Got past oh all of gosh. it just to get these freaking TVs. Um, and then according to Ranker, which is where I got most of this information, actually, um, one of the shoppers was uh, interviewed and he excused his behavior by saying, well, I was in line since Friday morning. And oh, come on. That's why he did it. Come on. I know. So bad. Also, here's my th- question. I don't personally think that I would risk my life for the company that I work for. (laughs) Like, I would not be a part of that human shield. No, I wouldn't either. And especially, I don't, okay, especially Walmart, because I hear that they don't have the best work culture for their employees. Like, I know a lot of people work there then quit because they, like, really don't take care of them. So to create Uh a human shield and, like, use your body as a way to defend the store... Like, I don't know. You get fired because people, like I would, I I would take the firing. I would rather oh, be I fired just, than trampled. Okay, I understand it's probably like impossible for them to get out the front door, right? Because everyone's coming in that way. If True. I were an employee, I may sound like a coward. I would run to the back and like leave oh, through the for back. Sure. Like I don't care if they take the merchandise. Like oh, without. F- honestly they're gonna take it anyway they're gonna take it anyway or not <laughs> i know i mean if two thousand people are breaking in before it's even open it's not like people are lined up at the registers waiting to check out like, like they're just gonna take these things and run leave. Yeah. yeah and walmart can't blame you for that like if walmart no. was like two thousand people versus you and you failed you're out like that's their problem yeah. i would sue <laughs> and if you remember like earlier this year when they we had all the protests and riots and like people were looting stores it was like a couple people breaking into each store and like mm-hmm. you know taking everything that they had so 2000 people in at one time <sighs> storming a store like i can't even Im- imagine impossible you cannot there's nothing you can do at that point so there are like way more 
infinite stories about trampled shoppers and like brawls. There was a story about two women getting in a fist fight over a discounted Barbie at like a Toys R Us, like grown women. Of course. Um, and there's just nonstop fights and things. There was a man uh, w- w- like wandering around a store whipping people with his belt. Like, I don't even know if he oh. was shopping. I think he just was just out like <laughs> in the hysterics of it all. Started using his belt as a weapon to like keep people away from him and like. Oh my god! So weird. Um, but there, there's like way more things that happen outside of the stores that we don't necessarily think of. So for my last two stories, I'm going to talk about some tragic instances on the roads during Black Friday. Oh no! Right. So. If you think about it, if all these people are rushing to the stores, they have to be driving there. Like they have to be coming from somewhere. Excellent point. <laughs> so in 2016 in Reno, Nevada, two shoppers pulled into, wait for it, a Walmart parking lot. Oh man. <laughs> and an eyewitness claims that they saw one of the drivers cut the other one off to get a good parking spot. So It's always about those parking it's spots. It's always about the parking spot. So the man who was cut off kind of like he so he lost the spot and he was enraged by the bad driving manners of the guy who cut him off who got the spot and so he got out of his car and ambushed the driver who cut him off he broke the driver's car window and struck him in the face with a metal baton what who has a metal baton in their car well i it was I. Okay, it says this is in Nevada. For some reason, I'm just imagining this all happening in Florida because, like, I don't know where else. That makes sense. <laughs> people are just carrying these weapons around. Seriously, um, this guy was looking for trouble. Yeah. So he like the guy wasn't even the first guy wasn't even out of his car yet. Like he just pulled into this spot and this guy broke into his car and attacked him. But the driver who got to this spot first actually acted in self defense and he reached over to his passenger side and grabbed a gun. And no. he shot the other man in the face. Oh. So the shooter ended up not being charged because the victim had actually instigated the assault. So he was yeah. declared innocent by self-defense. But honestly, I don't think anyone's innocent here. Like, no. obviously, cutting someone off in traffic does not warrant getting hit in the face with a baton. Oh, and yes, sure. you should act in self-defense if someone is breaking into your vehicle and like attacking you. Mm-hmm. but like this is all over a parking spot in bad driving manners like yeah that's a little much it's just escalated very quickly mm-hmm. so and it's probably from like the hype of black friday shopping oh. like everyone's amped yeah. up there's a buzz in the air without fail the holiday season makes people insane yeah Okay, so then this is the last one. In 2013, and I don't know why I left like the saddest one for last. I'm sorry. Um, In Palo Alto, a 48-year-old man was out all night shopping the late night deals with his wife and four daughters. The four girls squeezed into the backseat of their dad's car that was only designed to sit three. So there were no seatbelts. So the exhausted dad only had three hours of sleep that night before their like wild shopping excursion. And on the way home, he started to fall asleep and lost control of his car. He no. drove he drove off the road and crashed, causing the death of two of his daughters in the backseat. And the dad ended up getting convicted for a misdemeanor vehicular manslaughter. Stop it. That is so sad. So sad. So this is like kind of a consequence of those deals being at like 
one in the morning, two in the morning, three in the morning, doorbuster deals. Yeah, it's unsafe. And I get being like a teenage girl and like wanting to go out and how nice that they got to go with like their parents. You know, they mm-hmm. probably, her dad probably was like, oh, I probably don't want them like going out on their own. Like it'll be safer right, if like we a- all go. And that's so sad. So sad. And so the sadder thing is, like, these stories just don't end. There's more stampedes, shootings, stabbings, attacks, traffic accidents uh, that p- take place on Black Friday every single year. And so, like I said, hopefully this can be a cautionary tale for everyone this year to please, if you go out, stay safe. But maybe don't go out. Maybe stay home. And if you do go out, wear a mask. Don't get yeah. close to people. If everyone's rushing the door, maybe be like, mm, I'm going to wait. Just, you know, maybe circle back. Maybe go to a different store first. Yeah. And I think uh, take advantage of those online deals. Yeah. Um, even if you're like, I mean, here's the thing. I was going to say, if you're against like all the extra packaging that happens when they mail something to you, then you're probably against the whole idea of Black Friday anyway. So like, yeah, it's fine, you know? Or you can maybe just like not do anything because there's some stores that refuse to do Black Friday because even though, sure, they could like make a ton of money doing these sales. Mm-hmm. I know REI does like the opt outside thing on Black Friday. So instead oh. they do a Veterans Day sale, um, which just I think it just happened this week. Yeah. But yeah. And then like Nordstrom, I think, doesn't do it. Yeah. Just different stores don't do it. So maybe maybe just wait for other sales. Maybe you don't have to yeah. buy your things now shop local you know yeah wait for oh my god what imagine if like these riots and things though happened during like the small business saturday and sunday oh that would just be so terrible good thing they only kind of happened to walmart that's true that's true like i feel like they can take but not the people like not the people of walmart but the company yes the company (laughs) all right so that was it that was my early disturbing black friday story great i'm i'm actually a little alarmed about what's gonna happen next friday so yeah. we'll see especially we'll see. like because it's 2020 and everything has gone wrong this entire year and everyone is going crazy no matter what is happening like there's just there's just mayhem on every corner so truly this might be a fun little excuse for people to go crazy again uh I can just like see like a whole group of people not wearing masks, like getting super mad that they can't go into the store and oh starting God. all chaos. of the, the Karens that are like going to be out at Walmart oh and Target. Oh God. Oh, that's going to be, I'm going to watch a lot scene. of funny TikToks after that. Oh, oh, I, oh gosh. Yeah. Social media is going to be flooded. I can't wait. All right. Well, Katie, what oh. is your story this week? Wow. Um, slightly less relevant uh well like a lot less relevant (laughs) but i am excited about it for a few reasons that i will detail just to prove that it's kind of relevant to me um (laughs) first of all it takes place in new england uh to which i am moving in just like two months so that's kind of exciting um i'm getting like a little taste of the history i guess um yeah exciting life update um, we're going to have to figure out how to record in two different time zones, um, which I don't think I've really considered yet. Oh, that's okay. Yeah. We'll make it work. It's, we'll... it's going to be fine. Yeah. Yeah. It'll be fine. <laughs> it'll, be, it'll be okay. Um, secondly, this story is about 
vampires um, or at Ooh. least what people thought were vampires and you know I love a good vampire story <laughs> and I really thought I had exhausted this one but alas here I am with oh I gosh. think a fourth vampire story okay before we get into this vampire story you have to tell what we did the other day (laughs) great that is a great little segue um the other day actually just about a week ago since from the time we're recording this is that what we're talking about yeah um we had a powerpoint night where all of our friends gathered via zoom and we all made like silly powerpoints um like about us uh so Olivia's was funny. Hers was how each of us would get murdered. Um, Very funny. Very spot on. I had some comic relief. I didn't want it to be too dark. (laughs) No, it wasn't. It wasn't. I mean, it was dark, but like in a very (laughs) Olivia way. Like it was just, it was funny. They were, they were silly. Um, Yeah. I don't, did you say how you would die? You didn't, did you? No, I I don't die. (sighs) Disappointing. Immortal. Olivia Olivia will survive it. (laughs) Um, Yeah. My powerpoint was about which twilight characters we all would be um and i did some really great photoshopping and uh i photoshopped olivia onto the body of edward cullen yeah so so if anyone's yummy. wondering like i'm definitely the main character of this no actually wait bella's oh, the main character dang it but like you're like but like no but the books are from edward's point of view i think or are oh, they not no no there's, there's like a the new one, one book that is it just came out like this year Ugh, weird <laughs> <laughs> weird um so anyway yeah olivia's edward cullen um i am jessica the best friend that is there for like maybe four minutes of the whole movie okay she Um, was my favorite character though like when i was young watching the movie good that's all i need to hear me too (laughs) just kidding but like love anna kendrick so anyway that's what we did last week we're fun we're relatable (laughs) you know (laughs) anyway you know i like vampires so the details on this story were pretty hard to track down again, so this will probably be another quick story like last week, but I thought it was worth sharing regardless. So, to set the scene, for basically the entire 19th century, there are documented instances of New Englanders believing that consumption, aka tuberculosis, was caused by supernatural phenomena. I'm talking like at least 1793 through 1892, like... These people oh. believed this for a long time. Was that a... Okay, I'm... You know I don't like to do the math. Was that 100 years? That is approximately 99 years. Oh my gosh. So, yes. <laughs> um, so if you were not forced to watch a documentary about tuberculosis in ninth grade biology that scarred you for life like I was... Um, <laughs> very specific. <laughs> tuberculosis is a bacterial disease that ravages the lungs and causes the victim to waste away. Almost as if it's consuming you hence consumption um and there's an amazingly worded description that i snagged from smithsonian magazine um and they said tuberculosis was the leading cause of mortality throughout the northeast responsible for almost a quarter of all deaths it was a terrible end often drawn out over years a skyrocketing fever a hacking bloody cough and a visible wasting away of the body The emaciated figure strikes one with terror, reads one 18th century description. The forehead covered with drops of sweat, the cheeks painted with a livid crimson, the eyes sunk, the breath offensive, quick and laborious, and the cough so incessant as to scarce allow the wretched sufferer time to tell his complaints. Oh my god, that was like, 
poetic and horrifying and <laughs> I can't stop like making this face. Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly. I wish you guys could see it because that's it's exactly how I feel. <laughs> very uncomfortable. It's uncomfortable. So as you can imagine, um, when I was in ninth grade, tuberculosis terrified me. Uh, especially because my biology teacher told us that tuberculosis still exists and there's like multi-drug resistant strains of it. So if you get it, you're screwed. Anyway, uh, yeah. So you might go so far as to say um, tuberculosis was draining the life from its victims. (gasps) So at a time when people didn't have a strong concept of like medicine in general and there was no treatment for tuberculosis people turned to theorizing. So one doctor proclaimed tuberculosis the result of drunkenness and want among the poor. Other people, however, believed that because the infection spreads easily among family members, one of the deceased family members must be a vampire who was rising from the grave at night and draining the life from their family. Oh. Yeah, so the one thing that, like, is kind of a plot hole with this theory is, like, I'm not sure exactly how they explain, like, the first person dying of tuberculosis. Like, that's a coincidence, but then once they die, they're a vampire. Wait, I recently listened to a podcast. I don't remember which one it was, but they were, like, explaining this family who, like, someone that happened to. Are you telling that story? I might just, I might okay. just be Olivia. <laughs> oh my gosh. It's so cool. I love this. It's very, well, I, I hope I'm think I hope I'm telling the same story you're thinking of, but it's very interesting. So besides this rampant consumption, what else fueled this hysteria? Well, naturally, um, these people decided to exhume the bodies of those who had died to be examined because that's just what you do when you're confused, I guess. And if a body seemed, quote, unusually fresh people decided it must be feeding on the living particularly if the heart still had liquid blood in it weird yeah gross so i don't know if you remember but i talked about these things called striqua back in july oh yeah. can't remember if that's how you pronounce it which is awkward i should have gone back and listened but it's fine um and so those were like the vampires of elsewhere and um if you remember uh, i mentioned that they would exhume their bodies cut their heart in half and put a clove of garlic under their tongue to like stop them from being vampires at night well the new englanders uh did something very similar to supposedly stop the vampire attacks oftentimes they simply just turned the body over in their grave you know like confuse it so it can't get out Um, oh yeah that'll totally work that'll that'll get them (laughs) you know um But other families opted to burn whatever organs were still fresh and rebury the body. And then family members with tuberculosis would inhale the smoke burned from the organs as like a makeshift cure, which like never worked. cannot be good for someone who has like lung issues and coughs and like a disease. No. Right? Don't be inhaling burning body parts. That, like, probably made things worse, if I'm being honest. Oh, yeah. They're probably like, oh, yeah, like, all the cool kids are doing it. Like, you feel so healthy. No, don't do it. No, you do not. So don't get any (laughs) ideas, people. Um, Sometimes they would even decapitate the bodies. So if they're, like, desecrating the dead and that gave them, like, a little sense of peace, clearly they're in a bad headspace. Like, New England is just in a bad place. (laughs) So, yeah. 
Um, I'm now going to personify this a little bit for you with the story of Mercy Brown. Is this one you heard? Yes. Okay. But I don't remember any of the details. Like I just remember what you told me so far that like that's what people did. Perfect. So again, there's like at this time, there's not a lot of like records. So the the details are sparse, but I'm going to try to put it together for you. So imagine Rhode Island, 1892. Um, several members of George and Mary Brown's family had died from tuberculosis in the last two decades. Mary Eliza, the matriarch of the family, died in 1882, followed by their daughter Mary Olive in 1886. And in 1891, Mercy and Edwin also came down with the disease. So Edwin, the son, traveled to Colorado Springs to receive medical care, but he returned home unable to find a cure and deteriorating quickly unfortunately. And when he returned home, he learned that his sister Mercy had died in January of 1892. And you guessed it, people began to believe that multiple deaths in one family was linked to something supernatural, perhaps vampire activity. And I did read something that said like at this time in New England, they weren't like calling it vampires, but based on what they believed was happening, it's most likely like vampire lore, like that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But it wasn't called, like, they didn't think that, they thought it was more like an energy thing. Like, it wasn't necessarily like the body was crawling out of the grave and eating them. It was like the spirit was, like, sucking the energy out of someone or, like, something, the health. Something along those lines. Okay. So, yeah. You know. Imagine Edward doing that. Okay. <laughs> you mean me. So, me, Edward. Yes. Olivia. <laughs> Olivia Edward. <laughs> so, even George, the father, kind of started to buy into the superstition And in a bid to prevent Edwin from dying, he allowed his family members to be exhumed. So the interesting thing is the town doctor, neighbors, and the local paper were all present while George had the three women of his family unearthed. And both Mary's bodies were decomposing as normal. However, 19-year-old Mercy's body looked almost identical to the way it did when she was buried just nine weeks earlier. And her heart and liver still had blood in them. Here's the thing. The doctor is like, this is normal. Like, the, the blood should be there. It's normal. Mm-hmm. Um, but Edwin and George were not convinced, and they decided that mercy was the cause of Edwin's condition. So they removed her heart and liver and burned them before reburying her. And Edwin consumed the ashes. So I read that he, like, um, they mixed the ashes with water and had him drink it. Ew. Um, oh, God. That's like a horrible yeah. emergency packet. Oh, Ugh. God. What a terrible <laughs> mental image. Ugh. Um, but he still, succumb- he still succumbed to the disease two months later. So, so it didn't work out for him. Does the moral like- of the story unearthing all of these disease riddled bodies doesn't that like potentially spread the disease more i think it kind of does like um ebola yes like they bury (laughs) the yes ebola they bury them in like these toxic like fields because Mm -hmm. like if people go near them like the disease is still present it's bad news bad news so yes, that was probably a bad decision on everyone's part. And that's probably why consumption was spreading throughout New England, because they kept unearthing these bodies. Um, but what we do know is that Mercy was not a vampire, and her condition was simply the result of circumstance. 
For one, she had only been dead for nine weeks, so there's not like a lot of time to decompose. In addition, it was January in New England, and it was too cold to dig a grave. So her body had been stored in a stone vault, which essentially acted as like a refrigerator, which preserved her. Gotta love science, you know? Mm -hmm. Like, you hear the stories of like the random like bodies found from like thousands of years ago that are like perfectly preserved in ice stuck in the ice yep like this is basically what happened to mercy um but this story does not end there because there was you know the journalist on the scene uh the story began to spread and not just through new england but across the world and one newspaper clipping from 1896 in the new york world ended up in the hands of an aspiring novelist named Bram Stoker. And you might remember his name from literature, or perhaps the 72 other times I've mentioned him in his novel, Dracula, published in 1897. So there's a year between these two events happening, mm-hmm. and a year it doesn't like necessarily seem like enough time for him to like let this influence him. But Smithsonian, again, mentions a connection between Mercy's story and that of the character Lucy, a teenage vampire who is exhumed in one of the novel's most memorable scenes. And one thing that they noted is a doctor presided over Lucy's digging up, um, mm-hmm. just as they did over Mercy's. And that was apparently not something that was very common. So, Oh, interesting. People think that's a little connection there. Their names um, are also like kind of similar. Lucy, Mercy, it like they go. Yeah. So the interesting thing that I didn't write down, but I recall, so I'll tell you, is that um, Mercy's family called her Lena, I think. So they think that the name Lucy is like a mix of Lena and Mercy. Oh, so, okay. Yeah. Like that totally goes. Yeah. So I don't know if that doesn't convince you. Mercy's disinternment is also referenced in H.P. Lovecraft's The Shunned House, which details the story of a man being haunted by dead relatives with, you guessed it, a character named Mercy. So, Mercy was, like, the first vampire girl of the world, is what I'm trying to tell you. Oh, my God. Um, She walked so that Bella could run. (laughs) Exactly. That's exactly what I'm trying to tell you. Um... So yeah, basically my stories are just turning into like speculation over who may or may not have inspired Bram Stoker is <laughs> what I'm trying to say. I'm going to find a way to connect it to everything I talk about from now on because uh, I, I do think this is like the fourth story that I've talked about this and I'm pretty sure he's been in every single one of them. Um, <laughs> he's just like super relevant. Like, yeah, you can't say that the story is not relevant. Like this is half exactly. of our podcast is talking about him. <laughs> Exactly. I just actually uh, run a fan account for him, and that's what this podcast <laughs> is. Um, so, but yeah, I'm not mad about it. Clearly, you guys can tell what I'm interested in. Um, and yeah, that's pretty much it for me today. Uh, I will just like a disclaimer. School has kind of sucked lately, so I haven't <laughs> had a lot of time to do this. And I apologize if you guys can tell, but uh, I'm trying my best to balance it all. So <laughs> I I'm trying. think that even if they're like shorter or whatnot, they're always really interesting. Like I learn something every time we talk and do these things and Thanks. you're doing great. Thanks. I needed to hear it. <laughs> I think a long week. <laughs> well, maybe we should relax. I think what we should do and I mean, yes, but also not really. We should do a book <laughs> club all focused on vampires. So the first book obviously Down. will be Dracula, then the entire sure. Twilight series, obviously. Perfect. And I'm actually reading a book right now and I've been reading it since like September, so I don't know if you can even say that I'm reading it. It's called The Southern Book Club's Guide to Slaying Vampires. 
Okay, you totally told yeah. us about this. Okay, it's, I mean, I'm, I'm in the middle of it and I just have been too busy to read it. But we should totally add that to the list. Like, oh, yeah. There are so many vampire books that we could just. We could add the vampire diaries. Oh, my those gosh. are books. Yeah. See, we can just like scrap this whole podcast here and now and then. Seriously. <laughs> move forward so, and just have a vampire book club. Yeah. So like DM us or email us if you want to join our vampire book club because that's all I'm going to be focused on now. <laughs> Seriously. Well, I out of school. <laughs> I love that story. Um, I think it's so I love seeing like the history of weird folklore like being so embedded in everyday life back then. Oh yeah. It's so and it makes me think like what are we doing now that people are gonna look back at like in a hundred years and they're gonna be like, Oh, they're so stupid they believed that. Like, oh my gosh. Probably like most things related to COVID. Yeah. But. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's a too close to home, Katie. Yeah, oops. <laughs> Just kidding. Um, but yeah, like ugh. breathing the fumes of a burnt body. Like I, that's I just can't even no. explain it. That's like a nah for me, for sure. That's that's a hard pass. But thank you so much for sharing that story. That one, um I feel like putting the faces and names to these vampire things they make it feel so much more real and now i really right? understand like why people thought all this weird stuff and i mean i know where it all came just from just did crazy things like pulling bodies out of their graves to prove their supernatural theories <laughs> i mean people huh. still do that they still exhume bodies like f- to look at evidence and stuff true but maybe not for that i hope yeah it's a little a little different but <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. anyway anyways okay well thank you so much everyone for listening to episode 29 um hopefully if you have any plans this week in the upcoming week it doesn't include terrorizing a walmart or like <laughs> digging up your dead relatives like please maybe just, don't just avoid all of that in general that'd yeah. be great yeah yeah we'd appreciate it <laughs> um okay so if you want to see some more content get some photos to go with our stories i'll definitely be posting the picture of like all the people carrying the boxes and probably just like the front of walmart because that was like summarizing all my stuff um we'll get some more vampire pics up in there you can follow us on instagram at deviant little darlings give us a follow give us a comment give us a like whatever you feel like doing and yeah oh and you can email us too sorry i always forget we have an email you can email us at deviantlittledarlings at gmail.com yeah i forget that we have an email because truly nobody emails us anymore but <laughs> except it's fine. for the like the company that we use to host our podcast yeah, and sometimes i get emails and i'm like why is this person emailing me i'm like oh yeah um, them again mm-hmm. but thanks guys we appreciate all that you're doing um but yeah uh if you want to listen to us anywhere else you can find us on apple podcasts breaker google podcasts overcast pocket casts radio public spotify and anchor.fm slash deviant little darlings we would love for you to download us and like us and review us um thanks we appreciate it yeah all right see you guys next week happy almost thanksgiving (laughs) bye